This is Second Story Radio. I'm Jackie Sujiko. It's the middle of November, just after 9 a.m. in Gates, Nebraska. It's a little cloudy out, but not very cold. There are about 25 people standing around a couple of gray-brown mud walls at the edge of the woods in Larry Estes backyard. The walls are all that are left of a 30-foot-long sod house built here in 1903. We're watching Larry and a few folks from the Custer County Historical Society use a long saw to cut through a corner where two of the walls are still connected. What they're trying to do is get to the point where they can section out a piece of the wall. After they section out the wall, they're going to package it up for travel from Larry's backyard to Lincoln, Nebraska. It's about a three and a half hour drive east on I-80. By the way, that was John Carter. He's a historian with the Nebraska State Historical Society. And full disclosure, this podcast is produced by the NSHS. Carter is kind of the guy that got everyone involved in what he's calling the sod house autopsy. No one's exactly sure if this will work. After all, the whole thing weighs a ton and is over a hundred years old. Moving the wall and keeping it intact at the same time is... It's no small challenge, but we're inventing this as we go along. And I think the next trick is gonna be to literally drill through the boards and through the sod and then put a through bolt in them. The reason everyone wants to get as much of the wall back as possible is, funnily enough, because they want to dissect it. Literally take it apart and analyze everything inside it. Why? Because even though it's basically dirt, it can still tell us a lot about what life was like for settlers in Nebraska. It'll be easiest to do that if the wall is as unchanged as possible when it arrives in Lincoln. It even says 1903 on it. So far, the wall's been secured between two pieces of plywood and covered in plastic wrap, like a big ice cream sandwich. The guys start to lower it onto a pallet that's been slid onto the front of an earth mover. As they start to tilt the sandwich over, the bottom of the wall twists and bricks crumble out of the bottom. Larry starts handing out pieces of sod brick that have fallen out to anyone who wants them. Don't, don't be bashful. If you're bashful, he who hesitates doesn't get. They're big brown hunks of hard earth with dry sticks of grass poking out on all sides. Part of the wall that's in the giant sandwich will go to an ecologist at the School of Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. There, he'll try and figure out what kind of grass was used to build this particular sod house. Because we don't actually know. When you build a sod house, you plow up the top layer of grass and dirt, about four inches deep. When you do that, you kind of kill the plant. Once the sod is used, it never grows back. So we don't really know what kind of grass was on the Great Plains 100 years ago. Part of the wall is also going to Dr. Luann Wansnyder. She's an archaeologist and head of the anthropology department at UNL. She's here with her graduate students, watching the process of getting the wall packed up. I'm also a newbie in terms of sod houses. You know, I hate to sound like a, an antiseptic scientist, but it, it's a laboratory that we can kind of look to see uh, over the course of 100 years what happened from the perspective of stuff. Dr. Wansnyder points out that while we have a lot of photographs and letters documenting life in the 1800s, we don't have a lot of physical artifacts. Physical artifacts, like the sod house, might tell us things people wouldn't think to record. So as people dealt with changing economic situations and as droughts came and affected them and as new technologies came on board and as new crops became available, we can now see how that all unfolds out here in Custer County. 
By understanding the sod house better, she hopes to get a better understanding of the settlers themselves. So we already have the broad strokes of what that homesteading era was like. Now let's add some nuance and, and recognize that maybe the story was a little bit different in different places. You might be familiar with the broad picture of settlement in the Great Plains. Covered wagons, cattle, homesteading, Laura Ingalls Wilder. But that's like a blurry photo where you can make out the general shape of things like a person or a car, but none of the detail like the color of someone's eyes or the dents in the car door. Those details are the kind of thing that might help us solve a little mystery about sod houses. Where did the idea for making bricks out of grass even come from? It's generally accepted that settlers adopted the idea from each other, but no one seems to know where it originated. The first actual recorded sod building built in Nebraska, as near as I can tell, is at Fort Kearney. That's 1848. This is David Murphy. He's the senior research architect at the Nebraska State Historical Society. He's researched sodhouse origins on and off since the 1980s. David has a theory. He thinks sodhouses might be a prairie version of terrones, a kind of sod brick used by some Pueblo communities in the American Southwest. And terrones look like adobe for the most part, but they are cut from the wet meadows of the Rio Grande. They dry in the sun and then lay them up just like adobe walls. David thinks that someone at Fort Kearney had seen terrones before coming to Nebraska. When they found a similar lack of trees on the Great Plains, they made their own version of terrones here. Terrones are put in the wall grass side down. And everybody around in Nebraska always talk about the, the blocks going in grass side down. No. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah, a lot of similarities. David wants to know more about how sod houses are constructed to figure out if there are other similarities to connect the two kinds of sod brick. Uh, yeah. Good. It's close to noon now. The guys are making sure the pallet is secure. Larry's about to lift the front loader to carry the wall to a clear area. As the front loader rises, it hits a tree that stretches right overhead. But everything's okay. Larry sets the pallet down in a clear area about 20 feet away. The guys wrap it in a second layer of plastic wrap, and Larry signs his family name onto it. They take a family photo, and then Larry gets back in the earth mover and moves the sandwich out to the flatbed trailer waiting in the front yard. It will stay at an equipment site for a little while before it's delivered to the university's labs. David, John, and Dr. Wansnyder, and the ecologists at UNL are all excited to find out what the wall has to tell them. All of that would be adding to our information, I think. At least for one site. <laughs> we'll check back with them later. For now, it's a job well done getting started. Thanks for listening. Second Story Radio is a production of the Nebraska State Historical Society. Special thanks to Dr. Luann Wansnyder, Larry Estes, John Carter, David Murphy, and the Custer County Historical Society. Check out our website at secondstoryradio.tumblr.com for photos from the day when the sod wall was taken down.